This podcast was recorded and produced before the COVID-19 uncertainty, but we believe this is still a message we can apply to our current circumstances. Thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randolph. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Welcome to today's show, everybody. I'm, I'm Jenny Randall, in case you didn't recognize this voice. Uh, oh, I'm Candace Payne. Are we introducing ourselves now? I like this. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like maybe people are like, who? Do you ever listen to a show and it's like, you're like, I have no idea who's talking. Yeah, they come in hot and holy, like like you described. Hot and holy. They come, <laughs> hot and holy, coming in hot and holy. They're coming in so hot and holy. Let me give you, you some context. Yes. Candace and I are friends. Yeah, guys. we are. Yeah, we are. But we live so far apart. We do. We do. Hundreds of miles. Hundreds. Is it hundreds? Mm-hmm. Oh, it has to be. I'm in Florida. Candace is in Texas. How would you describe Texas in one word? Large. Oh, large and in charge. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I would describe it as home. I would describe it as home. So Aww. I love Texas. I love Texas. And anybody that lives here, you know, for more than like three years, you do. <laughs> Those first three years can be rough, but... <laughs> You got to hit the three-year mark and then you're in. I think so. Totally in. I think so. Yeah. Well, when you said home, it reminded me of a sweet card you sent me when I moved to Florida. Mm. And you drew the state of Florida and you wrote home. And I was like, oh, is that what Florida looks like? She's so sweet. So (laughs) (laughs) today we're going to talk about a topic that people actually have requested us to talk about. We've had multiple requests on this and we're, we're pretty excited because, you know, it we can have online friends, internet connections, even work friends, and still be miles and miles and miles apart, feel so connected, yet still so isolated at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, today we are discussing how you should befriend like Jesus. So I think we should just get to it. This episode is going to be so full, y'all. Get your notebooks out. Take some notes. We are diving in deep today. It's going to be good. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? I love this part of the show because this is where we get to kind of get some context for why we're talking about this and why the topic that we pick. I mean, if you haven't gathered right now, our show, we, we gather together a topic that we want and we, we really hone in on it because we feel like it's relevant, um, it's needed. And this one is all about friendships. And Jenny, I know you have something to tell us in this section because... This is the felt need, right? This is where we come together pre-meeting, pre, pre-recording, pre and we say, why is this important? Can you tell us what you've walked through this past year in why we need to be talking about friendships? Yeah. Well, I need friends. Let's just no. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just be honest. It's like my opening line now. So like I said, I recently we recently moved to Florida, uh, left New York. And before I left, I was sitting down with my one of my close friends, Maria. Shout out. Hey. And um, we were just Maria. hanging out and chatting. <laughs> just every time I say her name, just do that. I feel good about that. So Maria. Maria. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I know you're like, you don't like to do things. music's playing. Okay, (laughs) go for it. Oh, man. Okay, so Marie and I were hanging out, and she was like, so are you going to try to make new friends? Because you already have such really good relationships here. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, how many friendships can one maintain? And what does it look like (laughs) when you're far away from them? And do I have to make new friends? And as an introverted 
type of personality, it's easy for me to isolate and just be all in into work or hang out with my family or whatever the case may be. And the answer is I don't actually need friends. I decided, but then I wow. decided I do actually need friends. That's a bold oh, local. statement. That's a local bold friends. statement. I actually decided I don't need friends. But let's be honest, the thought lasted a solid, what, five minutes? And I was like, I'm so okay. alone. Okay. 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 <laughs> I, you know what? I'd want to honor that. I want to honor that bold thought, though. I wonder right now if people are like, oh, my gosh. I'm one minute in and I'm about ready to turn this podcast off because I'm with Jenny. I don't need friends. Boom. Done. Episode skip. I'll go to next week. I think some people do feel like that. They're like, it because it's hard work. It's hard work. That's the thing I'm finding. It is work. I mean, yeah. I got rejected. Did I tell you this story? No. This is embarrassing. I'm just going to go into it. I, <gasps> I need to know. found this friend. Well, no, no, not a friend. I found a woman, similar line of work. Okay. And she lives super close. And I'm like, Hey, you want to hang out sometime? She completely transitioned the topic. And then I was like, I want to be your friend. And she just did not embrace me at all. Like it was a quick rejection. And I was like, what did I do? Okay. Wait a minute. She She didn't embrace you. Like she didn't hug you or did she not embrace you? Like she didn't embrace the thought. I'm confused because I'm getting a mental image right now of her, you being hands out, (laughs) wrapping them around her waist. I want to be your friend. I would be like, "Mm, let me ignore that. But like in a good way, right? You're just kind of putting it out. We're on Instagram texting, right? Or messaging. And I was, we were talking about different churches in the area and all the different things. And we had a lot of similarities and we were connecting. This is like I'm dating her. We were connecting (laughs) over New Kids on the Block. Uh -uh. Uh Uh-uh. And I'm like, let's be friends. And she just never acknowledged it and then just didn't want to be my friend. And it was a hard, obvious yes. Like, like, yes, I'm out of here. Whoa, whoa. And I had to be okay with that. Are you like... And I tried again. Do you still and now have something, I'm making <laughs> Do you still have something in your heart against it? Or are you, are you healthy telling us this story? Because that kind of feels... It's embarrassing. Wrong. Yeah, that's like... It's embarrassing. It's one thing to be in third grade and have to go through that. You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm the new kid. I'm in third grade. What table do I sit at? Um, will they reject me? But to be like nearly yeah. 40 and <laughs> to be like, oh yeah. my God, why are we, why are we still doing this? Why is this happening? What in the but, world? but that's okay for her to not embrace a friendship. Like she might already have a million friends and she's at capacity and she has True. boundaries and I don't know her story, right? Cause she's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man, Jenny, that's so grown up of you to see it from her perspective. Look at how good you're being. And then you go, because she's not my friend. I heard the little clap back. (laughs) You're like, let me just put that in there. Her loss, FYI. Well, yeah, I thought we would have been great friends. But I mean, I think of preschool days when I moved into a new town. My kids were little and you have the protection of your kids. So you want to be friends, let's have a play date. Our kids are all mixed in. And that almost seemed easier to make friendships in that stage of life than this stage of I'm fully putting myself out there be saying I need a friend and let's see what happens. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, I... I first of all honor the fact that you even put yourself out there because I'm just going to be honest. I have a hard time even recognizing when I want a friend. Like, I'm kind of like... Is this happening? What's happening? We're spending more time together. Oh, I laughed at that joke. Hmm, maybe they laughed at mine. Oh, look, we're becoming buddies. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, we're deep into friendship and we're besties. Tattoos together next week. Um, you know, it's just kind of like for me, it's this evolving that happens. Yeah. So I love the fact that you were even aware this needs to be a priority. I need to make sure that I have friends and that I'm pursuing of them. You know. God, I just want to like virtually hug you because I feel bad that that lady missed out on Jenny Randall. Like, come on. You're like one of the best people in the world. Hey, snoozy lose. But I will, I will tell you, I went to a, uh, we're tapped into a church now. We've been going to a small group and getting to know people. Uh And I did say to a lady that was sitting next to me, I'm like, I feel like we're best friends. And then we looked at each other and we're like, what is, what's your name again? Oh my God. It's probably in that dreaded section when it's like, go shake a neighbor's hand or go turn around (laughs) to three people you don't know and give them eye contact. And I'm like, peace out, restroom break. 
I'll be back when it's offering time. Um, like that's a that's the most intimidating and scary part of any church service, especially when you're visiting, is when they're like, "Let's recognize everybody that's new." In my mind, I hear, "Let's recognize everybody that doesn't belong here." You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, stop with the spotlight. Let me just have a seat and observe for a second. I'm not ready to jump into full blown. Get my number. Get my email. Let's all connect together and have chili. I'm just kind of like. I feel like that with friendship, though, too, for me. I feel like I'm not a big jumping in person. I really do love to establish the waters of friendship. You know what I mean? Well, you've been established... No, you've been established. I think it's different because you've been established in your in your home for years and years and years and years. It's true. So I feel like the stage of having to make friendships is different. It's different. You're in a different stage than I am. That's true. That's true. I will say that. But I do identify with your stage. I mean, I I went to more than 20 elementary schools and I mean, like I was the new kid everywhere. And so because that was so foundational when I was a child, that's actually how I feel as an adult. So I feel Mm. that transition all the time, regardless if I'm in it or not. Like, it's funny because as you were just saying, you're established. I thought that word doesn't belong to me. (laughs) Like I literally was like, reject that word. But then I then I thought, oh my god, I I have I've been in this same home for eleven years, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I have my daughter here, and so it it just it's it's amazing the things that you develop and learn in those formidable years that kind of set the bar for your identity with how you belong, how you fit in, how you develop friendships. So I never yeah. thought that I have already had the ability to be established, but I actually feel like you in transition still always. Isn't that crazy? That's so fascinating. Yeah. Well, this therapy session has been brought to you by Shut the Shut Up <laughs> season two. Man, I need to talk I need to talk that one out. Hash that one out. Put it on my list. You listening? You listening, my therapist? We're gonna put that on the list next week. Well, you know what else you could talk talk to your therapist about is friends on the internet versus friends in real life. Yeah. You know what? I'm um that for me right now, we're already discussing Jenny, so thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> No, I I honestly feel like if we're going to tackle this topic today on, on this episode, we have to make a clear distinction of who we're talking about. These are not friends that you haven't met um, in real life. Like, here's the deal. Jenny and I, yeah, we're, we work together and we do live in different states, but we have met in real life together. We make time to do that. We're talking about how we can get our families together. It's possible to have internet friends and then be real friends, but I'm yeah. not talking about followers. Or fans. Yeah. I'm talking about people that you actually have invested relationships. There's there's almost not a day that we go by without talking to one another. I mean, it kind oh, of yeah, feels we weird. Every day. <laughs> it feels weird when we don't. We're like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Three days go by. I'm like, Is Can- uh, what's Candace doing? <laughs> I know. I, and I didn't see any pictures. Yeah. You didn't tag me in a post. I didn't know what you were doing <laughs> with your life. Are you are you dead? Are you alive? So I do believe it's it's possible to have internet friends that are real deep and deep friendships. But I also want to talk about, you know, the elephant in the room. You have real friends in real life as well. And what I've discovered is that those friendships take maintenance. I mean, think about your car. I mean, if you go so many miles on your car, you need to get your tires balanced and rotated. This is such a dude analogy, but go with me. Um, You've got to get windshield wipers replaced if they've, you know, gone back and forth and you had heavy rain and you've got buildup on them. You've got to be able to get your oil changed frequently to make sure that your car is just in optimal running position, you know. And I'm sitting here thinking about we don't view our friendships that way. But they need to be. They require maintenance. They require us being attentive to what's happening in our friendships. How, like, think about this. How many miles have you put on your friendships that you've gone without Mm. giving any care to or any thought to? I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how we've been through a rough season together. I'm I'm just going to ask, how are you doing after we've walked through this? You know, I mean, we forget to do that with real life friends. And then also, I think it's important that if we're going to talk about friendship, we have to talk about what it means to encourage our friends. And um, encourage is a word that we throw around in church a lot. You know what I mean? Like, just go and encourage your friends, encourage each other, encourage one another in the Lord. And really, when you break down the actual meaning of the word encourage, it is to give somebody courage where they are in lack. 
It is to embolden them. It's to give them the ability to rally and to get up and go. And if you're not doing that in your friendships, I wonder how successful and connected that you feel in that friendship. You know, courage ultimately comes from being known. A lot of times we think encouragement. I remember in seventh grade, we had these encouragement cards in our youth group. Have you ever heard of this? Maybe my youth group is I love is it weird. already. Oh my gosh. They would give us manila envelopes that have like the little brads and the tab on it. And we'd tape them to the wall and we'd decorate them with our own name. And we'd come in and there'd be encouragement cards. And it would say the verse that says, encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And then we would write down in Hebrews, right? And then we would write down um, an encouragement to somebody in our youth group and we'd go find their envelope on the wall and we'd stuff it in their envelope. And then at the end of every church service, you can go check and see if you got anything in your envelope. Great for the popular kids. Great for the popular kids. Not for me. <laughs> oh, so I was so excited. And now I'm so sad. I had the empty envelope every time and I'd be like, dang it. No. Dang it. But mine was the cutest on the wall. It's most decorated pretty. So I'd, I'd win something sure. in my mind. Um, you win but, but when I would think oh, about God. encouraging, it's not just about writing a note. It's not just about sending a text. It's not just about making somebody feel as though they're special. Because what I discovered about that is that really it was an opportunity for you to like have secret love notes to your crush in the youth group. Yeah. That's what was going on. <laughs> Toby, like Toby, you're so cute and God's got big plans for you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that's how the encouragement wall was used. Um, but what I've soon discovered being an adult and actually having deeper friendships, encouragement is, is somebody giving me the courage to live freely as myself and to live freely known. Mm. Say it again. Encouragement is somebody giving me the freedom to live fully as myself and fully known. Yeah. And I feel like anytime somebody can take their time out of their day, that's a friend of mine and, and just speak to me and say, I know you and I see you. It gives me the courage to live out the way that I feel like God's called me to live out my calling, my identity, who I am. And so it's, it, Jenny, it's a valid topic that we have today. And we're not just talking about our experiences or our thoughts and friendships. We're actually talking about how-tos today. And we're going to do it with the way that we hear from you and the way that we tell some stories. So get ready, buckle up. We're only getting started. One way we can be intentional in friendship is through food. For us, sharing a meal opens the door to sharing life together. And the same is true in Kenya. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've been dreaming about since we left the village is that spaghetti. Do you so remember the spaghetti? <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's the deal. They grow actual vegetables over there and from their garden they chopped them up and put them in the spaghetti sauce. It was the most fresh spaghetti I've ever had in my life. I was like, give me more of the garden chunky. <laughs> I can't buy that in a jar. You know, our season partner, Open Arms International, they offer vulnerable children the hope of the gospel and the love of a family. And part of the way that they do this is through nutritious food. It's just another part of their holistic gold standard care. A hot meal not only feeds hungry stomachs, it also feeds their minds, mm -hmm. builds community, and it helps them feel safe and loved. Learn how you can love like Jesus by providing daily care for a child in need at openarmsinternational.org. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen and maybe we can do some good. You said what? One thing we love, we love this about our podcast is that we get to hear from you guys. You leave us feedback, you give us phone calls, and it's a great way we get to know you better. And we also, we want to feature you on an upcoming episode. Here's the number you can call, and it's also located on the show notes of every episode. The number is 315-308-0163. And today, Candace, prepare yourself. We have okay. a caller from my hometown. Christy, yeah. let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Christy, and I am from the Syracuse, Syracuse, New York area, and my should or shouldn't is actually in relation to calling this number. Um, I have learned a number of times that I am 
I feel like I'm being told to do something and I either talk myself out of it or um, I don't do it right then. And so there's been a number of times that I feel like I need to either text a friend or do something. And um, yeah, sometimes it, it has turned into things that I should have done and I didn't do it. Or so now I've tried to be better at when I feel this prompting um, that I just do it. And so I second guessed calling and then I decided, you know what, just do it. And so that's why I've done it. Um, so yeah, that's me. And yeah, bye. So Candace, one thing she really touched on was being proactive in her relationships. And I just want to say you are really, really good at this. Really good. So can you walk <laughs> us through just how you maintain relationships? Yeah. You know, first of all, thank you for saying that I'm good at that because I feel like I'm miserable at it and I've had to develop systems to be better at it. So when you see that it's good, it's only because it's actually become an intentional thing that I've done. And I think that's the problem with friendship is a lot of us just allow it to happen. We just allow it to happen. And so if it's yeah. just allowed to happen and if we don't have space to make it happen, we're not going to make it happen. I mean, think about it this way. There are different levels of friendship that all of us experience. We have, if you're looking at a bullseye, the center of a bullseye is a small circle. And there's a small circle of people that they get the right and the space to speak freely in your life because they fully know you and they fully support you mm. and they fully trust you. Um, and those are the people. The inner circle. Oh, the inner circle for sure. Those the are the people that I would say yeah. would be my family. Um, they're my core four. We joke about it a lot. You know, my, my two kids and my husband, they're a core four. First decisions filter yeah. and funnel through them. That's it. So although my family is their actual identity, they're also my greatest friends. You know, yeah. they're, they're the most trusted advice. Um, also in that core, I have probably the bandwidth, no joke. I wish I had more, but I probably have the space and the bandwidth for maybe three or four people that are women to be in that space that are close, yeah. deep friends. One of them is my sister and she's a best friend of mine as well. Mm. And that leaves like two or three more that are outside of my marriage, outside of my family unit that I grew up in. And what I love to try to ask the Lord for, if I'm being honest and I'm prayerful about friendships for that inner core, I want to have women that are a season ahead of me and a season behind me. So yeah. I love having older women speak into my life. And I love having women that are behind me that I can kind of pour out some things that I've learned as well. But that's my inner circle. You go a little bit further out from that. And then you have these we're good friends. We'll hang out occasionally. We love to laugh at the same things. We comment on each other's posts. I just need to pause because I'm so competitive. Oh. Tell me what level I'm at and I'm going to try to scrape into it. the inner circle. Stop I want to try to get in the inner circle. Stop it. I Everyone's wondering stop what it. level am I? I would say you're definitely in inner circle and it's been 2019. Yes. And I would think that you would already know that from a private message that I sent to you around Christmas. So shut your face. Don't be <laughs> awkward. <laughs> Let the public show. No, well, the way you were describing it, I'm like, oh man, those inner circle, that is beautiful. Like, it, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And they're the people that you can, you can without hesitation, just speak your mind. You know what I mean? Without yeah. hesitation. Oh yeah, okay. You don't have to funnel. And now I get you the inner circle. You don't have to filter, yeah. yeah. And so you can be a blubbery mess and it's oh safe. Oh gosh. Well, hello. Before we started recording this episode, I was a blubbery mess with you. I just bawled my eyes out for 20 minutes and then we're like, okay, so let's talk about friendship now. <laughs> and I was like, good day that we're doing it. it. That inner circle is is vital and necessary for your mental health, for your for your health in knowing how to be a better person, a better wife, how to be free. I mean, I gotta be honest, that that yeah. inner circle is it's vital. It keeps me it's like yeah all of my vital organs of friendship live within that inner circle. Now that second circle though, the outer if, circle, the yeah. outer circle. Yeah. That second, if you go a little bit further out that next ring, what I would describe those friendships are, are just kind of, um, they're not surface. They're a little bit deeper than surface. You get together, you have dinners, you know, each other, you know, each other's kids. Um, but it's not somebody that when it hits, when it hits <laughs> that you immediately call first. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's kind of yeah. like if, if, if they approach you and they're like, hey, um, I, I just felt like something's going on crazy in your life. Is there anything that I can do for you, pray for you about? And then, and of course, you're going to share with them because there's already established trust. But they're not the people that are kind of like going to be the, the inner everything. Um, and that's fine. I feel like we feel guilt thinking that everybody has to have the ownership in that inner circle. 
And I just well, want you free- saw my competitive spirit rise up. Like that was lame. I'm sorry, guys. I shouldn't have done that. I feel like a little repentant about that. Actually, but I really it's true. Love that. It's exactly true what you're saying. Well, and I think I want to free some people up with this thought because this took me forever to figure out. Partially because I do love pleasing people. I don't think I'm a people pleaser, but I do love seeing people happy. I, I want to see people yeah. joyful and enjoy life and enjoy me and enjoy friendships, enjoy themselves. And so I felt this tug of always feeling like everybody belonged in that inner circle. And can I just tell you the most freeing thought? Deep conversations are not equal to deep trust. Like, mm. <laughs> like just because you have a deep conversation over some guacamole and chips doesn't mean you're instant besties and you have that space. To be that. Wait, that's literally what I did yesterday with that girl that we didn't know until we declared best friend status. This is so awkward. Okay. Okay. So then let me walk you through. I, but I would true. tell myself. It's true. If yeah. that was Candace and I felt really good after leaving a table of guac and chips and I was like, man, this girl gets me. We're, we're establishing some great trust. We feel great together. Then I would say this. Trust is earned. It's earned. Yeah. It's not. Because here's the deal. When you trust, you attach your heart. It's one mm. thing to be open with your heart. It's another thing to attach and latch on to your heart to somebody else. And I yeah. feel like being open, um, some people struggle with that all day long. They're just a closed book. And they won't even get to that stage of just being open. And then you've got some people like me, they're an open book in every area of their life. But then they confuse it with now being attached. Do you see what I'm mm. saying? Like this is, it's yeah. freeing to know that not every deep conversation equals deep trust that needs to be given. You can yeah. fully engage in deep conversations and ask the right things and be open and honest and transparent without attaching and giving pieces of yourself that are now entrusted to them for them to do something with. You know, in, right. in my life, that takes a lot of earning. And I'm not saying I'm a hard person to become a friend with. I'm just saying, y'all... I'm not so freely nilly, yeah, nilly willy with all of it and be like, because listen, I, I walked through a major hurt two years ago, somebody that I thought instantly connected with, and I'm talking like every single area, like we were compatible with the way that we thought about the Lord and prayed and scripture and friendships. And we had similar friends and, and friend circles. And so my deeper friends trusted this person. And I trust this person. And come to find out they were talking about me behind my back. Ugh. Completely lies. Complete. And I'm like, I haven't experienced that since I was like a 15 year old kid. Right. So I'm sitting here going, ow, that really stinking hurt. And it really, really made me feel like I gave up so much of my trust so fast and so quick. And so it's okay. Free yourself up from the thing of just because you connect on different levels doesn't mean you have to attach and entrust at a higher level so quickly. Now, I do say that you do have to do it at some point, but just be cautious yeah. and trust trust the Holy Spirit that, man... He's, he's showing you all the fruit of himself in their decisions. They're peacemakers. Mm. They're loving. They're joyful. They're hopeful. They've got self-control. You know what I mean? Like, those are the, the signs right. that I look for. It's not like I'm trying to look for, well, are they, are they always going to be there when I call them? Do they respond in five minutes? Like, those are the things we want to look for in friendship. But the real reality is start looking for the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your friendships. You can, yeah. you can trust the Holy Spirit. And because I can trust the Holy Spirit and I'm seeing fruit of it in certain people, those are going to be the ones that I attach easier to. Okay. Yeah. I hope that that was freeing for some people because I felt it. I don't know if everybody else is feeling it, but I felt that. I, yeah. I was almost a sloppy mess crying my face off. So it is very <laughs> freeing. So there's an inner circle and then there's an outer circle. Is there another circle we got to tackle? Or do you want to talk about the practical things to maintain those relationships? So I'll answer both of those really quick. Great. I'm going to try to go fast because listen, we, we've got so much content in today's episode. So if you hear me talking fast, get out a pen and paper. Let's do it. There is let's an just outer- declare this is a longer episode and everybody can handle it because we're all friends here. Okay, let's boundaries. do it. <laughs> let's be friends with boundaries. Take a coffee break if you need to. Take a, take a potty break. Come yeah. back. Um, yeah. I would say, yes, there's a bigger circle that lives on the outer of that. And those are the people if I'm going to be honest, that you do not get a you do not get an opinion and a voice that matters 
to my health, my mental health, my, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, these are the people, I don't even know your intentions, if they're for good or for harm. And I'll just describe them as this. The people that love the comment section. (laughs) 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 uh, That's the outer circle to me. It's the ones that you've earned no space to talk about my makeup color on my, um, my lip color, my eye color or, or whatever, or you know what I'm saying? But yet you feel it upon yourself to go ahead and criticize everything and anything that I'm doing without knowing my heart or my intentions Yeah, or feeling as though you even care about that. How do you recognize that outer circle, not just in the online space, but in the world, like in your community? I believe that in the real life, it actually is harder to discern what somebody's motives are. You know, uh, internet trolls can say anything and then (laughs) face to face, they'd probably not say whatever they said to you is as bold, you know. But I think the bigger thing that I see a commonality is how is somebody wanting to use me in real life? Mm. So if I find somebody befriending me because they just want me to promote them or to share a cause that they have that may not necessarily be my cause because they think, oh, Candace, you've got this many people that listen to you or follow you. Can you share this link? And, and I mean, it's just a small thing to ask for in their mind, but it's also a big thing to ask for too, because it makes me as a friend feel as though I'm being used. Yeah. Or will you watch my kids and just you feel like they're <laughs> yeah. the ones that are taking, 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 taking. Yes. The life yes. suckers. Gosh, it's such a great way to normalize that. Because let me just tell you, I felt really weird trying to find an example because of the space and the season that I'm in right now. But you're right. There have been moments where if we're wanting to just make it by and large for all of us, you feel as Mm -hmm. though I'm only useful to you if I'm giving something to you or if I'm promoting you or making you feel better or, (laughs) and not just promoting in the sense of like platform online stuff, but like when you're at a table together with five girlfriends and if you don't laugh at everything that that one said, she's going to feel like nobody listened to me tonight. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just self-serving friendships. Those are probably easier for me to identify as outlying circle friends. You know, what's funny though, Candace, I would also, I would say that everybody's in somebody's third ring of the friendship. Right. Like, yeah. So I think the life suckers can be in there, but also there's just good old acquaintances that like God's not connecting to level up into the next ring or the next ring. So I want to make a point to mention that, too, that you can still be healthy and in the third layer of. Yes. Do you know um, Dr. Caroline Leaf? Do you know her? She's, oh oh my gosh. Well, she had something. I mean, we're best friends. After (laughs) what layer of her circlement? Talking about friendship, me and her. Talking about friendship. (laughs) Let me just text her. No, no. no. I know of her. I'm not a friend of hers. I don't know her personally. I've never met her yet. I would love to. Um, But I would say this. She posted something the other day on Instagram that it made me stop in my tracks. And it's saying what you're speaking into. And it was simply this small quote. It's okay to realize you may be the villain in somebody else's story. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, let me think about that for a second. And listen, not everybody on this planet is going to connect with you. And not everybody's going to be like, they're the greatest and I need them in my life and I care about them. And if you're anything like me, that's like a friendship hog, like I love friends. I want to collect them. I'm a hoarder of friends. You know, I'm like, bring them closer as many as I can collect. It's it's okay to realize that no matter what your best efforts are, some things that you do and that you just naturally are do not align with somebody else. And that's okay. Like you have to be just fine with knowing I may be the villain in their story and there's nothing I can do about that. And it may be because you've had to stand up for some things that nobody else was standing up for and make some hard choices with integrity. Or maybe because you honestly were blinded to their needs because of your needs far outweighing what you're going through and walking through in a time that they are incapable of understanding. Wow. Yeah. Well, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's bringing us all the good quotes today. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's so freeing to know not everybody deserves that inner circle space. And, and you're right, Jenny. You're right on the money. It doesn't mean that you're unhealthy or that you're a poor friend if you're not in everybody's inner circle. You can't be. 
You can't take that space. You wouldn't be the incredible friend that you need to be if you were everybody's friend, everybody's inner circle. So the inner circle friends and maybe this, I don't know, what do you call the middle? Mid-circle. How do you maintain those friendships? I know Ooh. you have, we we said it briefly, but I know you have some, you're really, really intentional about that. Can you walk us through what that looks like? And guys, this is the part you're going to want to take notes on because I've heard a lot of you declaring in your minds, I don't need friends. I don't have time for friends. I'm with my family. Like, we yeah. just want to say, yes, you need to pursue friendships. Yeah. Yes, let's pursue healthy friendships. Trust that God is aligning you with certain people. And here's what you should do. You know, I really do want to get to the intentionality and the practicality and, and like actual points. But if you're going to write anything down before we move on, it's this. We've said a lot about how to be friends with people that think like you and that you can trust and that are good. You know, they align. Um, I'm going to challenge you as well. Have friends that are not like you listen to them, grow, love them. And I'm going to say love them, period, not love them, comma, anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not friendship. That's not friendship. Yeah. And it's not okay for you to say, well, I'm just going to love these people. These First of all, if you're categorizing anybody as a, these people, they feel it. And they know that your friendship is slighted and slated and not genuine. So I just, I felt like we need to put that disclaimer before we jump any further. It doesn't matter outer, inner. Yeah, people are not projects. No, they're not projects. And and it does not matter outer, inner, or mid-circle at all about your like-mindedness or the things that you align on. You can be friends with anybody. I'm talking about these greater concepts of trust and openness and honesty. So I didn't want us to just leave that section without letting people know that we're not just talking about have friends that look and act like you and be a Stepford wife. <laughs> so, all right. I think that's a huge point. Yeah. So here's some how-tos. Are we ready? Jenny, you ready? Are you writing it down? You got your pen? I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, I better really get one. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Click it, click it. Um, ooh, I like that. Click it, click it. I feel like that could be a song. Click it, click it. That's what we need to do right now. I'm declaring this. Click it and stick it. Click it, click what? it. And then that's going to be whenever we need you to take notes during the show. Click it, click it. Here's a note section. Just created it. Click it, click it. Check in on your friends. That's a fun little note, right? How do you do that? On a piece of paper. I'm writing it down. I need you to create a chart of maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to put a limit on you, but I'm going to say mine is only three to five names. I write down on the left column, three to five names, single spaced. And then I just kind of- Single spaced. Single spaced. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving very in intentional instructions here. I'm doing what I do. it. Candice, you're on my left side. Okay, I love it. Thank Whoa, you so thank much. You. I'm on your left, on to the left, to the left. And then what you're going to do- Do we put like our husbands on here? You can. Or like they're not in that left side? They can. You can. I, I personally I use this list for people that are outside of my everyday interactions. So my husband's an everyday interaction because of proximity, you know? So, all right, I'm um, taking them off the list. Okay, yeah. What else you got scratched out? So then I would <laughs> um, create almost like little bitty boxes, um, as many as I could across. I'm basically creating a table graph, and so for each one, maybe I would give seven boxes if that's how much my paper can hold next to their name, and then I would just simply in that box write down the date. So today's uh -huh. date, we'll just pick one out of the air because this is going to have some longevity on the podcast. This is April 6th. April 6th. So April 6th, you just put four slash six in one of those boxes for the last time that you checked in on them. And this means oh. literally you're just tracking the date of when you checked in on your friend. Strong friends need to be checked in. Weak friends need yeah. to be checked in on. There is no reason that you shouldn't be checking in on your friends. Yeah. Uh, Candice, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm struggling a little bit with uh, some things where I feel like I just, I kind of feel lonely in some areas of my life. 
I feel like I want to be a better mom. I feel like I want to be a better wife. I'm just sometimes feel like I'm struggling, but thanks for asking. Thank you. <laughs> I almost cried at this moment. I was <laughs> so, so then you would write down today's date because okay, you checked in. You checked in. I feel sad. I, f- I want to talk more about it, but we'll move on for the sake of the show. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. That was just example yeah. for, for the practicality. Do I note that somewhere so I remember? Yes. So now the next page. Go exactly. Ooh. Like you should have an okay. open journal, open book. And the next page, go write my name, the exact same line. And then this time, you just kind of make a note. Say, she was kind of feeling sad, better mom, better wife. Just some keywords. And then just just note that that's what you checked in on and that you discovered. And just make that as a note for you. Keep that in a little journal. Um, And here's the deal. The next time you do it, go to the date. And if you run out of space, go to another page and start a new line and then start writing that date of when you checked in. I always do this because I feel as though a lot of people I could forget about. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I hate even saying that. I mean, really, it doesn't make me feel like the best person in the world or the best friend, but we all do it. Here's the thing. We all stinking do it. How many of you realize you haven't checked in on somebody, you haven't heard from them, and then you hear a life tragedy has happened in their life? And you're like, when did they have surgery? I had no clue. And then you're like, when did that happen? They went through a divorce? What? I didn't even know that they were upset at each other and they were fighting. And then you realize I haven't checked in. I haven't checked in. So practical tip on being a friend and maintaining, like getting those tires balanced and rotated, you maintain your friendships by simply checking in and taking note and actually writing it down. Like don't just mentally note this stuff because our minds, they get cluttered and they get full and they get filled with a million things and we won't remember. And if a person's important to remember, then do the hard work of writing it down so that you can remember them. My core friendships, they're important enough to me to maintain them because I know what it's like to be separated from them. I know Mm. what it's like to not maintain them and how quickly I've lost people that were that were so vital to my actual health. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the loss. And so because I saw the loss, I said, man, I need a system. And I don't know. I feel like there's people listening today, Jenny, that they're just like, if I just knew how to maintain a friendship. I'm giving you practicals, just giving you practicals. Okay. Gosh, I love it. I mean, I've been thinking like, I was so excited today to hang out with you, Candace, because I was like, oh, there's things I want to ask you about your personal life that we discussed. But like you said, it got cluttered in my mind. I didn't write it down. I keep forgetting to ask you. And if I actually put this into practice, it would help dictate our next conversation and make it a priority because it should be a priority because I care about you. Yeah. So I love this. Yeah, I do. Okay. So check in on friends with your chart. Okay, so I like to call it the check-in chart. Just simple. Make a check-in chart. Um, Second practical step is don't just check in, but especially if you are a follower of Jesus and you know the power of prayer, you've seen it, then I want you to pray for your friends. Here's the deal. I actually write out bullet points or sentence paragraph uh, prayers. It doesn't matter. I don't – I'm not really – gosh, I'm not legalistic in the approach or, you know what I mean? Like I don't have something on this one that I could tell you, make a line, write the date, do a little dash over here, single space. That's not how this looks. I have a journal solely devoted to people's names. So what I do is at the top of a page, I put my friend's name and I make it pretty. Sometimes I put it in stickers and sometimes I write it out in a special little fun way and put put a special color Um, I love colors because they make me think of how I feel. And so if I feel a certain way towards Mm -hmm. a friend, I put it in that color. And then I just have their name resting at the top of a blank page. And then I leave about five blank pages behind it because I know I'm going to fill it up with prayers. And then I go to the next five page and and then put another friend's name on top of that. This doesn't have to be inner core. Um, outer core, anything like that. These can be people that just God just says, I need you to pray for them. So I'm not saying that you have to have emotional trust and and all these things developed and attached to them for for you to pray for them. Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is not like a, well, they have to earn the space for me to pray for them. No, (laughs) ma'am. No, ma'am. You just get out that journal and you be intentional about praying for other people and you watch 
the love grow for the people that you're praying for. And I would even challenge you, have enemies in that book. Have some enemies, front pages even. Don't put them in the back and then be like, if I get to them. (laughs) Yeah, they won't be enemies. I can guarantee this. God will shift your mindset and they will not be enemies at the end of your prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might take a couple cycles of prayer, but... Yeah. At the end of that, they will not be your enemies. I would say when you're praying for somebody and you're writing out these prayer points, whether it's just bullet points or paragraphs, there's one thing that you always get the benefit of the next time you see that person. If you are a friend with them in real life, you get the benefit of saying, I've been praying for you. And not just loosely and casually saying, I've been praying for you. But you can recall and see written down the things that you've been talking to God on, on their behalf. Yeah. And that's powerful because then when somebody hears you say, you've been praying for me, how much more intentional is it if, if you say, oh, really, you've been praying for me? Did God tell you? Like, this is why I started doing this. Here's the trigger. Somebody asked me, oh, yeah, did God tell you anything new? <laughs> <laughs> and I was that. like, well... I think I was just kind of saying that because it was a churchy thing to say. I can't remember the last time I prayed for you. Sorry. You know, and then I was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. I'm not letting somebody come up and blindside me with that question. So I always want to be able to tell somebody I'm praying for you. And then if they ask, did God tell you anything? Then I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, last time I prayed about this and I talked about this with him. I love that. I think too, we can even take it a step further. And when you're in conversation with people, if they're like, like you just said, oh, uh, in your example, I'm struggling as a mom, like take it a step further. And why don't we pray together right now if the time allows? And (laughs) I think that's one of the greatest things we can do is step into those moments and not just brush by it. And like, I'm going to journal through that later. Like, no, actually do it right then in that moment. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful things. Here's what's funny about our friendship, Jenny, is that we don't even ask the question anymore. We just go hard. We'll we'll be in the middle of talking about things that frustrate us or things that we're going through or things that we're really facing. And both of us on several times have done this. Well, we'll just go, okay, well, let's pray. And then we just go on in. Like, we don't even ask. We don't like, do you have five minutes? Do you have a couple seconds? And that's not right. just like when we're together online or in, you know, what we're doing right now. Like, we Marco Polo each other, which is an app that you can kind of leave these video messages. And we just, in the it's middle of talking app. on that app, we'll be like, I'm just going to pray for you right now and then we just pray <laughs> we're like we don't even ask yeah I'm, 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 there's been times yeah. where i'm like i'm saving that message because i needed that and i need to continually Aww, hear yeah. that so there's yeah. power there and praying for your friends it's not a last resort it's a first resort it's the first run mm-hmm. to you know i feel like um sometimes i feel like i just don't know how to be a good friend and i don't know how to pray for somebody if i haven't been in their shoes do you know what i mean like i I really feel like there's this arrogance that kind of comes across when I'm like trying to pray for somebody that's walking through a miscarriage and I've never had one. And I'm trying to be like, God, I, I want to know what they are experiencing and feeling and know how to pray for them. But the reality is, is the best thing you can do for somebody is to pray for them first and, and shut your mouth with the advice because you don't have it yet. <laughs> you don't You don't need to. You need to just basically stand in a gap for them and pray for them before you do anything else as a friend. So prayer is not something to be tabled. It's something to be intentional with. So I would say it has to be a part of your journaling. It has to be a part of your recording. It has to be a part of your collecting so that you can recollect with it as well. You know what I mean? Remember the conversations you've had with God on your friend's behalf. Yeah. And I just want to do a quick Mythbusters here. I don't know if that's the right word, but for the ones that are saying like, "Mm." well, why would I do that when I don't have people praying for me? Or why would I do that when I don't have people Mm. reaching out to me asking how my day's going? And uh, listen, it's not always about you. And maybe (laughs) the things you can create into a habit, you'll reap what you sow, right? Like, so what if you were like, all right, I'm, I'm still in the phase of developing friendships. I'm still figuring it out. What if I just did the list Candace told me to do? Yeah. She didn't tell you, but she we're advising Encouraged. this is really solid stuff, yeah. encouraging yeah. you to do. Make the list and just start investing in people. And I guarantee you will be greatly blessed in your investment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenny, you're you're talking about my last point and you don't even know it. I mean, like you're Ooh, you're literally like transitioning beautifully into it. The last thing I want people to click click 
and write down is dreaming for your friends. Here's a big game changer in my friendships. When I'm not dreaming with them and buying into just their dreams, but I'm dreaming for them as well. There's a big thing that happens when you inspire your friends. And I'm not talking about you're just a motivational speaker to them and that you make them feel good about their lives. And you're like, you're just the best. You're so beautiful. And I love you. And Jesus loves you and all is well. And your kids are great. And they're going to grow up and they're going to love Jesus. You know what I mean? Like those things make you feel good and, and they're inspiring. But let me tell you something. There is something different I've noticed when I write down physical hopes and dreams for my friends that they're incapable of even seeing for themselves. So, I have friends that right now, they don't know the greatness within them. And if all I did was just champion their dream, they've got a glass ceiling that they cannot break. And I don't want to be a friend to them like that and just champion what they can think up and what they can dream because it's not enough sometimes. And you have to have a friend in your life that says, go further, go greater, go bigger, go harder. You can do it. Keep it up. Have you thought about this? I was thinking about you the other day and I thought about how you're incredible at this. Why don't you try this this year? See if that sticks. And not only that, I know you got it in you. What if you ended up doing this? I mean, if you've got friends in your life that dream for you, it changes everything. Everything. And I don't have very many friends in my life growing up that I can recall that would dream for me. They would dream with me. And I'd be like, I'm so glad that you're buying into what I want to do. But I discovered, here was the trigger point that made me find the importance of writing it down, (laughs) is when I felt like somebody else looked at me, her name was Miss Lewis, fourth grade teacher. She sat me aside and it wasn't just, you're going to do great things. You're going to be incredible. She just, she asked me, she goes, Candace, have you ever thought about maybe taking all of your ideas and doing something big with them, like sharing them with the world? What would that look like? And I just remember thinking, as a nine-year-old kid, I don't know, what would that look like? And she goes, do you ever feel like you could be on TV? And I thought, no, I think that all the time, Miss Lewis, but nobody's asked me. And she goes, what if you didn't just get on TV? What if you created TV shows for people? And I was like, I'm telling you, I am operating on some of the dreams that Miss Lewis had for me in fourth grade, that she dreamed for me, that I didn't even know that could be possible. And I just feel like sometimes we miss out on deep friendships because we're not dreaming for other people. We're too busy hustling our own. And God says, dream Uh, for others. Those are like the ledge. I call them the ledge pusher friends, the ones that are like, here you go. And when I had a career change, one of my friends like believed so deeply beyond what I could see. She like paid. So sometimes you can encourage with your words. Sometimes it's with your resources. She paid for me to go to a conference, to be equipped, to get like, and it was thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. But she believed she could see vision that I couldn't see. And it it changed everything in my world. So what would it look like to be a ledge pusher? Come on, (sighs) Miss Lewis. (laughs) Well, and think, I didn't know it because I had a Miss Lewis. And I I knew being a recipient of it, what it felt like. But I can tell you on the other side what it's like watching it by being somebody that dreams for your friends. I've seen some of my friends literally walk out of crappy life circumstances because I finally had the ability for somebody else to tell them, you can do more and be more. And I'm not just telling you that. I've like actually been dreaming up things like, like, have you ever stayed up thinking so hard about your future and your career or what you're doing next? And like, oh gosh, if I could do a better system in this, then I could do this. Imagine what it would be like if you put half of that energy, half of it on the people that you call your core friends. How would that translate into you being a friend and feeling like a better friend? I mean, for Mm. me, I love dreaming for my friends now. I mean, like, girl, sometimes I want, (laughs) I just felt so silly saying that, girl, (laughs) but let's just be be honest. Sometimes I want so desperately for my daughter to see what I see in her. Mm. (laughs) I want so desperately for my son to see what I see in him. And a mama, a mama, especially with grown kids out of the house, knows this. What it's like when you 
don't see them living the dreams that you've dreamt for them. When you see them take different paths that are disappointing. Yeah. And I believe, and listen, I may be naive in my stage of life right now, but I believe that God puts us on paths to not just inspire people to do what they're called to do with their lives, but to actually encourage and embolden them and to walk with them. And if you're not dreaming for your friendships, if you're not dreaming for the people to live up to their potential and their calling, then what are, what are we really doing as friends? I mean, mm. I, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want a group of people that just pat me on the back and make me feel good and hug me. I want people yeah. that, that get why my however many freaking years I have matter. I want them to get it. I think you're like touching on a really good point. I just want to like swing this baseball home. Do people say that? <laughs> not only are you encouraging, <laughs> not only are you encouraging with your words or your resources or um, casting vision into their future, but I think a lot of the times too, as a friend, some of the hardest conversations you can have yeah. is bringing up some hard stuff that they may be doing or things Ooh. that like, Candace, I know for our own experience, our friendship has grown tremendously when we've had to sit down and been like, hey, I felt discouraged when this happened. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt discouraged when you said this. What did yeah. you mean by that? Or whatever. Like, have the hard conversations. <laughs> and I think that, too, goes into dreaming into the potential of what can be and what God has designed for us. But yeah. a lot of the times we won't enter, enter into those hard conversations <laughs> because it's so scary. Yeah, but if you're developing yeah. true, genuine friendship, you have to have the hard conversations. And maybe sometimes it'll it'll lead to uh, accountability. Maybe sometimes it'll lead to, oh, this was just a misunderstanding. Um, but I definitely think that's worth mentioning because it's easy. It's easy not to go to that place. And yeah. I think mature relationships should make an effort to press into those moments. Oh, well, here's why it's easy. Let's just let's just call it what we're going to call it. Here's why it's easy to avoid, because when you have the hard conversations, they do two things. You either have to confess that you've been hurt, which who wants to do that? Yeah. Or you have to confess an insecurity or jealousy. And who wants to do that? So those are two things that suck hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it could hurt their friendship. I mean, you yep. could yeah. be tarnishing a friendship. Yeah, it could so divide the a line. Lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. It really could. But you're right. The, the impulses of trusting that what you're going to say is going to benefit your friendship instead of harm it are necessary. And listen, I can, I can recall every conversation you and I've had that's been rough. It's either tapping into an insecurity that I have that I'm like, oh, crap, she discovered that about me. And I thought that I was hiding that well. Whoops. Guess it was exposed. Deal with it. I don't want to. I'm not ready. Can I talk to my therapist about it? Can I? Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, when somebody brings up the hard stuff, it makes you face the hard stuff in you. Yeah. And it's and then the, here's the other thing that I know for sure. The other thing that can happen is just simply feel the feeling of comparison and 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 hurt. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean like like I don't feel like I'm getting this enough or I feel like it's one-sided or I feel like um I'm not as whatever enough in this friendship. Uh y'all the hard stuff when it's actually given voice to will either do one of two things and you have to be okay with the result. It'll either um, test your friendship and bring it through the fire and make it stronger, or it'll actually make it dissipate and be like, well, that one probably is one that uh, wasn't the trustworthy one that I needed anyways. And that's okay. Mm. And once again, that's okay. Not everybody has to be that inner core circle. Yeah. And I think too, after you do talk about the hard stuff, you have to maintain that as well. So write it out. Like if I'll have hard conversations with my inner circle, some of the girls, and I'll schedule in my calendar, ask them about this and Ooh. it will ding on my phone. It seems so dumb, you guys, because you're getting a message, but it's not because you're maintaining mm. a relationship and you should, you should be doing that. So scheduling out the hard stuff as well to continue the momentum forward. You're really talking about accountability. 
you're talking about an aspect of friendship yeah. that we don't like. And that's the hold me accountable to what I said I would do. Hold me accountable to the way that I said I would treat you. Hold me accountable to the things that I want to be and do better. And I love that you just said you put a notification on your calendar. That's what this is. That's what we're saying. We're trying to give you practices. And even though this one feels hard, accountability is vital in a true friendship. Vital. Mm -hmm. I think because we're really experts, we're not at all. But I, I, <laughs> I can just sense people being like, I'm not entering into a hard conversation. I don't know if we can like play this little game where we model what it's like to have a hard conversation and give oh, people language. Oh, gosh, it. let's do it. I'm so here for it because I feel vulnerable yeah. right now. I'm ready. I'm so vulnerable okay. and open. I'm trying to muster this up in myself. What? I'm really not. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. <sighs> okay. Okay. So okay. Candace, okay. just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the bad, I'm the guy, I'm the person struggling. Oh, okay. And I need some inner, I need some accountability. Okay. And this is a hard conversation. Okay. So we're going to make it to where it could be universal. We don't really want somebody okay. to be writing in and being like, that's a real subject I'm dealing with. Can, can you just, okay. So it's going to seem playful and jovial, but imagine it's a hard topic. Okay. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jenny, were you the last one to throw something in the trash can this morning? Was that you? Was that your um, oh, box of waffles that was think. empty? No, I will. Do you remember so doing see, that? So see, I'm getting squirrely. I'm getting do you, squirrely. Do you remember doing that? Um, I think I, so. I mean, okay. I don't know. I was listening well, I, to music. I don't really I know that I didn't have waffles. Did you have waffles this morning? Yeah, I did. Okay, so there's a there's a box of waffles that's empty, but it's not in the trash can. It's like halfway in and out because the trash can's so full. And I'm just wondering, because my schedule's kind of packed today, or I just didn't know. It's kind of rude to just expect somebody else to clean up after you. I was wondering, could you empty the trash since it's full and you were the last one to put something in there? Can you do that for me today, please? Yeah. I can do. I'm so sorry. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to work. So have a good day. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it so much. Best friends. Okay. So <laughs> then fast forward two days later, same thing happens again. Here's a second conversation. I love me some waffles. Okay. Hey, Jenny. Morning. Hey. Um, I've got like two seconds. I really have to run. But quickly, did, did you have frozen pizza last night? before you went to bed <laughs> did you have did you have some frozen pizza so known. i definitely did cauliflower okay. crust it was delicious okay so i'm just curious if you put the empty box in the trash can again from last night like did oh. you notice that maybe the trash yes. was overflowing again you did okay so yeah. can i ask you um can you do that one more time can you and I know I asked you the other day with the waffle thing, but this time, because it's happened again, I'm just, I'm feeling like maybe you didn't hear my expectation or maybe I wasn't clear, but I just want to let you know that it makes me feel like you're not uh, mindful or concerned with the things that I have to do with my schedule as well. And that you expect me to maybe pick up some, some areas of responsibility around here that should be yours that we share so I don't know if you're trying to do that to make me feel as though I need to take the load for both of us in a, in a couple of things, but that's just honestly how it makes me feel. So I'm going to ask you if you could empty that out again today, but then also not do that again, just because you know how it would make me feel. Yes. I see human Jenny wants to make excuses. This is <laughs> what I'm battling in my brain. I want to make excuses. But I, I would say, yes, I will try to work harder at that. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I'd probably make a joke and use that voice because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. but it, And that's okay. But it is uncomfortable. But here's the thing that I want people to see with accountability. Sometimes accountability isn't the fact that you come back and be like, dude, you do it again. I asked you one other right. time and now you're not even, and you, you leave the feelings of, I feel like she wants me to do all of her work. I feel like I'm taking too much of the load. None of that stuff gets said. None of that stuff gets really said at all. And I think when you have a genuine friendship, you're able to tell them, here's the underlying thing that you're saying without saying it by your behavior or by the way that you're treating me in our friendship. Yeah. Accountability yeah. says, I not only am asking you to do what you said that you would do, but here's the result of when you don't do it. <laughs> and I just feel like most of us in our friendships, we don't get to that deep spot because we're like... Oh, well, we'll just meet together over a shopping trip and then we'll see each other later and we'll talk about what cute things that we got. And then, you know what I mean? Or maybe I'll see you at my kid's event and football game and peace out. And 
we don't ever get to that point of, right. can you help me do this in my life? And not only that, if you're not, can I tell you why, why it's important to me or the things that it makes me feel when you don't? Yeah. So accountability is vital. It's vital. And I think too, it creates a dialogue. Like there is space. You don't always have to just respond with a, yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm going to fix it. I'll try harder. Yes. Sometimes it requires a longer dialogue of, oh, well, I was responding this way because I felt like you, you never take out the trash and (laughs) I'm always doing it. So now I'm just balancing my pizza box on the edge. And I, what I should have said is, can you take out the trash? Because I feel like that. So the dialogue isn't always, it's not always, uh, Yep, I'm so sorry. It, sometimes yeah. it requires a response mm-hmm. and to continue to further the conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hard conversations are not appeasing conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, y'all, as you can tell, this conversation, it's not just long-winded, it's much needed. And we feel that too. We feel like we're not just trying to give you practical resources in developing stronger and deeper and better friendships or how to be a a better friend in your circle. What we really want to do is take some time, let this topic breathe, and come back next week. We're going to reconvene. We're going to reconvene. And when we get back next week, we're going to jump into what does Jesus actually model for us in being a friend? Um, and, and what does he say in red letter about friendship? So you're not going to want to miss it next week. So come back and we're going to continue the conversation. Until then, listen, just love people above everything else. Love. <laughs> That's where it all starts. And while you're loving people, just remember to shut the shut up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.